Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Championship weekend is upon us. The time for talk is through. Well, I mean, we're going to talk now for like 45 minutes or an hour, but you get the point. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus Three presented as ever by Omaha. Quick bit of programming news for you. The 15 minute pregame show will be available for you around about midnight, Thursday night, Friday morning. Also streaming on Twitter. I don't know when at some point early on Friday, I would expect Eddie Spaghetti. We appreciate you watching that in advance on YouTube and on Twitter. And we thank you for watching the past couple of episodes, the best performing yet this season. So that's great stuff. Really good extra points uh, podcast for you available with Sarah Tiana and our guy, the Dutch Mook in advance of his San Francisco 49ers trying to get to a Super Bowl, really an entertaining episode there. A really good minus three to start the week with our guy, Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated, chopping up the divisional round and projecting ahead. Um, Eddie Spaghetti on Trendy with Toby Mergler this week, chopping it up, football, hockey, all the rest of it. I'm on with Adam Carolla, or was it the start of the week? Go back and listen to that. We talked about fruit and about Kevin Hench. Turns out Adam Carolla has nice things to say about him. Oh. Um, well, he does, you know, Hench doesn't have a high Q rating. I forget what Q rating is like how much the people who know who you are like you. Is that what Q rating is? I thought I'm 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 so spaced out from lack of food that oh. I thought you said haiku rating. I thought this was That's my something else we should for, have for writing haikus. Write a haiku about Brock Purdy right uh. now. Do it quickly though. Uh yeah, no, we the Q rating, if I have it right, it's how much people like you. And Mo Damashek is number one um from the people who have listened to her on various podcasts here over the years. Henches is lower. People are captivated by his angst, his his referee-driven angst and all of that. The Dutch Mook, Paul Cohorst, is way up there, too. Go listen to him. I think he'll turn you into a Niners fan. But that's not to say we ain't excited for you Lions fans. And for kind of your Chiefs fans, personally, I'm not excited for you Ravens fans. I hope you lose. But good luck nevertheless. And now let's get into it here. Uh, let's say hello to our guy, Eddie Spaghetti, there behind the glass. And there, you just heard his voice a little bit. It's Kevin Hench sitting high up over Hollywood. How are you, fella? All right. Arm-like pea shooter, mm -hmm. San Francisco, 49. Okay. So irrelevant. Spaghetti, please. Know the law of haiku. Was that, did that, uh, did that meet the standards? It, what is Pretty the five? It's like five syllables, seven syllables. Five, seven, five. I yeah. had to say San Francisco 49. I couldn't say Niner. I think that's where I, I you know. Couldn't you go Niner? I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. Who, I could have truncated one of the words, but so you know how I've been watching, obviously, like the rest of Football America. I've been watching Dan Campbell videos on a loop. I, I love. I mean, I'm a sucker. I've, you know, I'm in, I'm a hundred percent in on that guy. But when you watch like his, like his voice cracking, it's, he's, it's such a tightrope because you could just see the players going like, oh my Christ, what have we gotten ourselves into? 
like coach is crying again. Like coach is crying during OTAs. Coach is like, coach is, I, I love you guys so much. I love you guys so much. Um, it's, it, so, but he, in one of the hard knocks videos, when he's talking about like, that, you know, they're going to get you in the shallow waters and we got to pull them out. We got to pull them out into the deep water, you know? Well, they're in the deep water now. They're, they're definitely in the deep water now in the championship game. But like, I'm in the deep water on day nine of no, no eating. And like, I'm really over the primordial abyss. Like I'm feeling it. I am it, it, in previous attempts at this, at this idiotic master cleanse, you're the middle three days are often like you feel great. I didn't get that this time. I've just been increasingly miserable every day. So uh, I've got, you know, today and tomorrow, and then, and then I just get to yo-yo back to my pre What the hell is wrong with you? I mean, okay, update. Last week, Kevin Hench announced that he was starting a juice cleanse to lose some of the, I mean, the pounds, obviously, if you have two eyes, you can, or even one eye, you can see. He's let himself go a little bit. That's okay. The holidays have come and gone. He's an important man doing important work. So he didn't focus in on his diet. This is weird stuff, though, Eddie Spaghetti. What do you know about this? You're one of these fitness weirdos. What what, what goes on? What, what, drinking lemon water for, for nine days? This is healthy? I've heard of the new cleanse. It was a three-day water-only cleanse. Uh, I think you could also cleanse. substitute in... Um, what is it called? Like bone broth. And, um, but, and that one is supposedly it's really good because it resets a lot of levels in your body. Uh, I personally am not the best with cleanses, uh, especially that long. Cause I just constantly need to eat something, but, um, I, I, I may, uh, I'm going on vacation, uh, in a few weeks post Super Bowl, So I may do a, a, a juice cleanse, like a 48 hour juice cleanse. So I may be in the same boat as hands, not as long as this lemon water one for 10 days, but, um, I will be something similar. 10 days. I mean, what would we, I mean, you're basically, you're punishing yourself. You're yes, right. You're torturing yes. yourself. Well, like you, you should punish yourself after the way we eat during the holidays, right? You just I mean, carry on. You just carry on right into the new year. Just eat the same. I mean, well, I'll tell you what I don't like is yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe I gained a couple over the holidays, but I, I didn't really let myself go that much. What I don't understand is the new fad of dry january why do people do this it's okay to take a month off of booze if, if that's your thing <laughs> i never would do something like that that's insane but okay fine if that's your choice it's a free country to do it why january of all the months on the calendar that is the worst month to, to go sober i not not necessarily in southern california but look at the rest of the country you're fr you're you're frozen in you can't leave your house what the hell are you doing with yourself of all the months that you want to have booze at your fingertips it is in the month of january yeah. right the, the uh the good people of buffalo definitely need booze to get through january like, i think they had some based on the videos i've seen oh my god i was i just funny us you know, that clip that made the rounds of the Bills fans sobbing, uh, you know, a, a, an Eagles fan did the right thing and said, thank you, Nick Foles, or this would be me every every Eagles playoff loss. And it is you realize once you've won and you've experienced it, it it is sort of an analgesic like it's like it, it it makes all the future losses less painful if you've won one. And which is why, you know, the Bills watching that game, I was like, the Bills, this is where Red Sox fans were with Grady Little and and the 
socks in 2003. Well, I mentioned the the uh, the good conversation we had with uh, with Paul Cohorst and Sarah Tiana on extra points. So I'll pick it up there with you, Hench. I think we've probably covered this before, but listen, it's it's championship weekend. The stakes couldn't be higher, and all of that. And by the way, I've heard a lot of people announce this week, like, well, can't say Lamar Jackson uh, chokes in the playoffs anymore. Look, he's now a playoff performer. You can't say that anymore. Like, are you are you is your short term memory that bad? I mean, like if they lose this game, then it that will return. I don't people want to talk themselves into a different reality than the actual reality, which is the perception. And the perception is if you don't play in a Super Bowl, then certainly you can't be held up as the as the best in the league or going down in history as one of the best. And the 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 choice to perpetuate that is is weird. I'm not sure where that instinct exactly comes from. Um, but before we jump into that. I the stakes are huge, not just for the players. Obviously, we're fans. I'm talking about steak. I'm sorry about that. You're right. You're right. Just that that'll be tomorrow for you, Hench. You can have a nice juicy steak. All right. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, except to say, let what what. In in fact, let's go. What left you feeling empty? What made your heart burn? The most, which was the worst one? Let me guess. It has to be. I know you're a Red Sox diehard and all of that. Is the worst one ever for you, the worst loss you've ever suffered as a sports fan, undefeated Patriots to the Giants? Uh, nothing, nothing will ever come close to the 86 World Series. I mean, it's just uh, not, that, that's, okay, a, that's, fair. that's in a class of its own, you know. I mean, obviously, by the time of uh, David Tyree, yeah, I was so drunk with victories. I was like, you know, I was just playing with so much house money. Uh, it was terrible, obviously, and and nineteen and zero would have been nice, but you know, thirteen pitches to end that World Series. That yeah, that- well, right, because that's a different standard. Like we like we talk about that, and and where you are um, in your little your team's run, and and that's exactly right. I think, like you know, when I was uh, in my prime as as uh, the the you know immodestly the greatest Connect Four player in the history of people. Um, when I won my first title, it was great. It was exhilarating. It was thrilling. It was very much like being drunk, you know, lightheadedness and celebrations for weeks on end. But then when you get into the second one, at some point during that tournament, it occurs to you as somebody, again, who's who's been in it and can speak about the pressure involved. All of a sudden, you start to feel like these other guys are hungry. Well, I can raise my game a little bit. I achieve a different level. Back to back, a new standard set for future Connect Four players after i accomplished that one now you got to dig deep and you got to find the hunger you got to put the chip on your shoulder that may not even actually be there and i challenged myself and and i said to the man in the mirror i said dave do you want to go down you know look set a new standard back-to-back champs that's great not many people can claim something like that but do you want to join the pantheon of all-time great sports dynasties? They go and get that third title, and so I did, and that's when I retired. There was nothing left to do. All hash had been settled. Three-time champion, and I think that's the thing for me with the Penguins losing in 93. It's like you're never going to be back in a spot where you can go back-to-back-to-back and go down as rightly, like you would be held up as one of the three best hockey teams in the history of people. And if the Patriots, for all their deeds, they're never going to be back 18-0 and 0 with a chance to run the table 
and Brady won all those Lombardies and everything else, but you'd never be back in that moment. That one has to stick with you like none other, right? It ain't great, but I'm wondering now, the year I won the Connect Four championship at the Man Show, mm-hmm. when you... I didn't play in that one. You sat out and I, I retired. Beat, and I beat the deep blue supercomputer Rick Rosner in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you view my championship as like Hakeem Olajuwon. I'm Hakeem Olajuwon winning those two titles. And you're Jordan. Yeah. Only you never came out of retirement. Right. I had the dignity to honor my own decision. That's Interesting. all. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I, 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 I listen. I don't want to get into it. The sport of four obviously opened all sorts of doors for me. You know, it made me who I am. It, it, it is, I mean, I am not connect four. It's a part of who I am, but it's an important part of who I am. But, but really? I, like I say, the desire, it's like, there was nothing, there, there were no more mountains left for me to climb. You know, I, it would be disrespectful well, for me to stick around and be Ali fighting Spinx. Why? You know, it's called connect four, but really y- your nickname should be connect three because when you had the opportunity to connect four championships in a row, you heard I was going to be there. You you obviously are well aware of my superior intellect in all matters, and you chickened out. That's mm-hmm. that's history. You that's chose, what happened. You chose not to participate when you were like, oh, the, the cyborg's going to participate? Then I'm out. That's that's how history has written it. Spaghetti's well, nodding. <laughs> Or not cyborg, or, cyborg or not of a cyborg of a certain carriage who has to uh, starve himself for for ten days at a time to, to shape up the the perfect machine. Got to get back to my girlish figure. Uh, well, listen <laughs> to your point. Of course, not only does does Lamar have to get over the hump, you know, this weekend, but if he throws three picks in the Super Bowls, he's not going to be considered a playoff winner. Like. People don't go, right. hey, Dan Marino got to the Super Bowl. What a playoff career. Like, you got to win it, baby. That's why I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, what you said on, on the on the earlier pod, uh, I'd much rather have Eli Manning's career than Dan Marino's. Oh, my Is God. Is that fair? Okay, let's jump in right there. I think that's a, a great point. You know, and by the way, yes, to, to make a movie analogy that I've made a, a multiple times this week, the analytics people are very much like uh, somebody watching Die Hard and saying, well, first of all, if you are announcing now, hey, Lamar Jackson, all his past troubles in the playoffs are over with because he won that game in the divisional round would be the equivalent of saying in the second act of Die Hard, boy, McLean's going to get killed and Gruber's going to get away with all that money. I mean, obviously, can't you see that? That's obvious. You're, you're, you're ignoring reality if you if you can't acknowledge that. There's still more to go in this movie here. Um, but okay, let uh, the, the answer to the question that I ask all the time, it is the ultimate pushback on our QB wins, a valid statistic for quarterbacks is like, is exact. The other one is this. Why is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? It, it, it answer that question for me yeah. without including his Super Bowls. Yeah. And the answer would be like, ain't cause of his arm. And because of his legs, and what is it about him? It's because he always won. That's why he's the greatest of all time. So stop with the QB wins don't matter when that is the thing that matters most, obviously, 
above all else. But to further that point, that's the other question I ask all the time. Do you think if you hooked Dan Marino up to lie detector, he would say he won would say, oh, well, obviously I'm better than Eli Manning. Look, look, watch it. Whose career do you think he'd rather have? I think he just answered it, Edge. Of course. I mean, it, it, it's first of all, look at how happy Eli Manning is every time you see him doing anything like this guy clearly. And I mean, like, you know, you have the camaraderie, the two titles, those reunions are just so much more fun if you want it all. Like, you know, it's like you think Clayton and Duper are like, oh, great. Here he comes to the reunion to yell at us again for running the wrong route. Terrific. You know, it's like, it, it, yeah, winning is is all that matters. That's why that's why you play the game as a as a scene. all that crap is all valid. I know we like to pick apart uh, cliches and everything on this show, but some cliches are cliches because they're true. And that it, it is what matters most, of course. Would you like hey, to start this us is off? Gonna be perfect. This is going to be perfect. Yes, I want to start. Goat and goat. Let's examine goat goat. the full range goat of greatness and, and awfulness. Here, here we go. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited know when to stop before you start gambling problem illinois maryland new jersey ohio tennessee virginia west virginia pennsylvania affiliated with harris philadelphia if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or maryland visit mdgamblinghelp.org or west virginia visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP colorado dc nevada wyoming kansas affiliated with kansas cross and casino call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Bad go. Okay. Dan Marino is basically Dominique Wilkins. The 21st century, well, Dominique. Ouch, that's hurtful. Okay. 
So the, the current Dominique Wilkins is my bad goat, Luka Doncic. Okay, more like Luka Don because this idea that a fan is yelling at you and, and at the end of a quarter that you've been outscored 43-20 at home by the Suns while you're jogging around with your usage rate, scoring 33.6 points a game, 9.3 assists a game, sound and fury signifying nothing. They're in eighth place in the West. No one thinks they're a contender. Doncic's teammates lead the league in standing around watching Luka play. That's what they lead the league in. Like, it's it's not a winning formula. Like, he's obviously an incredibly gifted player. All his gifts add up to nothing but statistics. He's he's not going to be the best player on a championship team ever, like Dominique. And so, so last night, he's jogging, of course, because that's what he does. He jogs. Uh, he down the court, he's behind the play, surprise, surprise. And he, and there's a Suns fan chirping at him and he, uh, he waves like, Hey, uh, get this guy tossed out of the arena. First of all, is that, is that the due process that fans get for paying whatever that exorbitant price was for a good ticket to an NBA game? Your due process is yeah. Any player on the court can wave you out of the arena. And by the way, if that's the case, why don't they just pick out all the fans in Suns jerseys at the beginning of the game and tell all the road fans get lost? Like, yeah, why don't the Chargers do that with Steelers fans when they're outnumbered? Just, hey, get lost. And then it's like he was swearing at me. Hey, Luca, I know I don't know how familiar you are with American history, but imagine what every player who broke a color barrier in the American South had to deal with on the court. And we don't have to imagine it's public record. What those chants were, what they were being screamed at. He, this fan in a son's Jersey tells Luca to get on the treadmill and lose some weight. And he's waving to security. <laughs> then when the reporter goes, Hey man, why'd you have that fan? I was sitting behind the guy. I heard what he said. Luca goes, uh, he said a lot of other stuff. And it's like, yeah, what? Let's let's hear let's hear you've got a supersonic <laughs> hearing. In well, what are we going to do? Are we going to start doing are we going to start having like quick trials at uh, at yeah. timeouts? What did, what could he by the way, what could he say to you? You're a judge track, comes out. You're, the you're, the you're, Phoenix you're, Suns gorilla comes out in a, in a judge's cloak and uh, renders a verdict on this. The fan can stay. You know, it's like I hope that fan uh, sues Mark Cuban, who I like. Uh, for, you know, in small claims court, like, please get me the cost of my ticket refunded. I know Cuban is not that kind of guy. He likes to mix it up. He wouldn't have a fan tossed for saying, get on the treadmill, fatty. Of course not. It's weird, though, because now there's a big push, and I think it inevitably is going to lead to a banning of people being loud down on the field and court. You saw the Caitlin Clark thing this week, right? Or last weekend. I just feel like when you get one of those events... In fact, we've talked about it. Monica Sellis. I'm surprised that whatever that was now, 25, 30 years ago, somebody walked up and stabbed her in, in, in during a tournament. She's sitting there. I'm surprised that that wasn't the inflection point where it was like, hey, everybody, you're not allowed within five feet of the playing surface. I either that that wasn't just an international decision that it still goes on. But at some point, they're going to ban people being allowed down there. You can't be touching the guys. And there are little moments. I mean, the Laguerre Blunt thing is however long ago now, too. I, given 
the reaction and overreaction very often by society. Like, well, that's it. All the fun's over for everybody because of that one person. I'm surprised there aren't more hard and fast rules well, about messing with players. Most, you know, it's pretty much every sport, even tennis, there is there is a physical barrier where it's like you would have to go over, you know, even if you've got seats down the left field line, you've got that little, everyone knows like, yeah, right. Fan is going on the field in the NBA. They're just players in those fans laps every game. Like you are, you know, I don't know if you've ever sat courtside, but it's like, it's crazy how intimate that physical relationship is between the courtside seats and the players, they hear everything you say. You can chirp all game, but the owners are never going to forfeit that that revenue of those first two rows of seats on the floor. Come on, man. That's well. That's- to answer your question, no, I've obviously never sat courtside. I'm not a fancy pants like you. I'm wondering who took you to that game, or if you paid your own uh, way there. And more importantly, I think you need to go all in when Nicholson goes. I think those become the hench seats. How say you? <laughs> well, the product on the court is so bad right now. I don't, I mean, obviously I hate the Lakers, so it's delightful. I know I, what would make you a greater hero to your hometown and your homeland of Boston than to buy those seats and just to your point, endlessly berate the LA Lakers from them. Well, that would, that would be pretty fun. Uh, I did have a, a, a fancy pants moment as an aspiring fancy pants. I was a long ways from there yet, but, uh, David E. Kelly um, was courtside for the Lakers-Pacers final, um, the the Shaq-Kobe, I believe their Mm -hmm. first championship. Um, And so I was talking to him. Larry Bird is coaching the Pacers. David E. Kelly's a Boston icon. Like, all his shows are set in Boston. He's Mr. Boston. And I was like, wow, it's a little weird. Down Pfeiffer. I'm you know, like, a hero for that alone. We're, I'm like, we must be the only two guys in here rooting for the Pacers, right? And he's like, and then he, he, you know, he's older than I am. And he did that thing that I didn't realize that like, oh, a lot of people who move out here adopt the local teams. And I was like, oh, so you're kind of a fraud. I, I thought I thought you were a legit guy. You're like, you're, you're rooting for the Lakers. You're, you're a Celtic fan rooting for the Lakers. So, so obviously. And Lakers. he was? He was. He said, I just try not to look at Larry. It's like, oh, okay. We have to end this conversation right now. I can't look and at And then Hench slugged him. You're slugging him in the gut, you fraud. In honor of Boston. I like that. You know, it was like, uh, wasn't that McHale who slugged? What? How did that all go? McHale. McHale clotheslined Rampus. Clothesline, that's right. Yeah, you you should have done that to David E. Kelly. David Kelly. Changed um. Okay, so, so continue so now. My, so that your bad goat is Luca. Let's get some positivity okay. now. Some positivity, my good goat. Like, and I think I think we probably all feel the same way. We sort of take him for granted now. But like, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Fourteenth title game for Andy Reid. Fourteen. Is that right? Wow. Is is it is it is it or is it, it goes first? three in a row with Philly, home games too? If I if I remember that correctly. So six straight, at least now with the, with this collection. So, yeah, I mean, that's the tip of the ice. Oh, and then he goes to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, wow. It's uh, just crazy. It's up 14. there. It, it's, and, and, uh, and I feel like because he's coached his whole career in Belichick's shadow, like he's kind of weirdly underappreciated. And obviously the difference for him now that he's winning Super Bowls um, 
is the difference between McNabb and Mahomes, right? I mean, that's, you know, this guy is basically getting his team to, to the, the semifinals almost, you know, almost every other year. And, uh, and, and, be, but beyond that, like I thought his presser after they ripped the bills hearts out was so classy when, you know, head coaches don't want other head coaches to get fired. They, Offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators do want head coaches to get fired. That's good for them. But if you're a head coach, you don't want head coaches getting fired. And you certainly don't want head coaches getting fired in the midst of their success, which is something Andy Reid experienced. And so I just thought opening his press conference with how with how good Sean McDermott is, how well he's done, and basically saying that going from six and six to 11 and six, he should be getting coach of the year. Uh, mentions, it was just so classy, you know, it was just classy that he had all that on his mind. Um, and then, you know, I just think he's delightful in the, in the commercials. Give me those nuggies. He's very funny in those commercials. right? And so like, I don't know, like, I just, I hate the chiefs. I'm sick of them, but I love that guy. I just think, and, and he's just, there's a sweetness I think that comes through and, uh, uh, you know, an, a weird humility. And uh, so, yeah, Andy Reid, good well, go. He stands in sharp relief, no offense to you. I mean, the, the all the times are over with Belichick out there on the market. And at the time of this recording, apparently no bites. He may not get a gig. And I don't, I'm not stunned by that based on what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. He's a 72-year-old man. Um, and the game maybe is, uh, has passed him by a little bit. It does feel that way. So maybe that's the case, but yeah, Reed stands in sharp relief. Doesn't he to, to that guy? He's a delightful guy. He's the gatekeeper to this chiefs mini air alongside Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he's, if nothing else, inoffensive, generally speaking is Mahomes. And then you have Travis Kelsey who now brings along his brother and they're delightful. And, that moment of Jason supporting his brother, jumping through that window and throwing one on and then bringing a Bills fan, a little girl. Did you see that picked up a, a little oh, kid? To meet it was all, Taylor it was Swift. all incredible. I mean, it's so funny, you know, this idea that like, you know, this, this Taylor Swift mania is bad for business. Like, it's like, it's like, it, it, it was all so delightful. You know, some little girl who's pretending to like football for her dad and then gets get lifted up and and pe- a peek at her real hero. Uh, you know, it's just all so great. Um, I mean, the bummer is that the Chiefs have to keep winning for for it to go on. Uh, and you I, were on them. I will say you had a better instinct for the Chiefs than me or Spaghetti did. That there was I ca- I did keep saying. What are we doing? We're talking about the Chiefs as being a non-factor here. Let's not get over our skis. But you were straight up picking them to win games. I thought that they they weren't finished or anything else. But um, yeah, now that like we talk about on tomorrow's 15-minute pregame show, they suddenly have this air of invincibility about them all of a sudden. Like, oh my goodness. We hey, still have to go quick, through the defending well, champs. Go quickly, ahead. quickly for me too. I, I did. In fairness, in the preseason, I did have them beating the Jags in the title game, so I wasn't. Okay, okay, you're, you're fair. Um, real quick, because it just kind of gets lost in the in the in the loss and the the history of losses. But Josh Allen's dot to Shakur Shakir in the corner of the end zone. Uh, across his body, that throw. I agree. It, 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 it would like it's impossible 
the window to put that ball, uh, you know, Sneed is, has not been beaten for a TD all year. He's on the guy and certainly should not be beaten for a TD on this play. And, and Allen's rolling to his left and you're like, there's no way, there's no way. And then just the laser hand cannon uh, to, to the precise size of a football spot, the ball has to be at, at the pylon. I just like, you know, the guy's incredible. And I have so many Bills fan pals that I pull for. And I I really, I really hope they can get over the hump because he deserves well, they deserve it. It's become a, so I'll jump in right there. And my bad goat is the analytics people because of the, I, I completely agree with you. The empathy as much as I have for someone who's worth $50 million and is in his twenties and, you know, you know, beds down celebrities and whatever else, whatever comes along with being a big time NFL quarterback. That's all there. But still I do get the, the tinge of like, man, that's too bad for that guy. Um, but the conversation, the aftermath of this, there's been more discussion from analytics people and beyond this digital empathy being extended to Josh Allen. He's the, the sad case of this playoff season. And it happens every single year, the cry that this guy deserves better and all of that. And it's certainly not whatever appeals to you as a fan, whatever drew you into being a sports fan, if it was math, and that's true for a lot of people, Bill James included, and then Bill James generated generations of baseball fans with the advanced analytics. Bill James, as a side note, now says, I think I kind of damaged baseball by doing that. I went too deep with that and making it at the fan level has consumed most baseball conversations to a negative degree. And if you're a sports fan who didn't vibe to baseball as much as you did to football, I don't blame you. I love sports. I love football in particular because of the aesthetic quality. I love the, the as I go on and on about the muck in the mire and I love the outdoors and I love the conditions of it. And I remember, and those, those visual memories I have of those, those visceral memories too, visual and visceral, um, you know, mean a ton to me as do the moments that I spent with who I was watching the games with in those special moments. And they are singular. And it's Jason Kelsey jumping through that window as he did. And it's GM announcing that in Flint, Michigan, we're going to delay your shift so you can watch the Lions play in this all important game. And it feels to me, as I say, obviously, Every NFL team, every professional franchise in the 21st century is applying analytics on some level. They're all looking for uh, for any inch that they can gain on their foes. So, of course, they're doing that. And if it appeals to you as a fan, then you should be into analytics, too. But it's consuming, as I say, every conversation now. And if you think that's good for football, look at what it's done to baseball, everybody. And with all their newfangled time clock and everything else to fix the analytics influence that made the sport unlikable for most people who got a certain distance from it because they didn't know what uh, all those advanced analytics were all about. I'm here. I'm saying this. It's not enough. We need every media member and every fan to steer every pro football conversation going forward into analytics. Um, 
because apparently that's the winning way or you're not telling the the, the truth if you're not leaning in to the analytics. I, I mean, like, why do we have to spoil the fun that is football and specifically the football playoffs? And if we're going to, then let's just cancel the entire postseason. The sample sizes are too small. And as a result, they threaten the measures of who the best players and teams actually are per the advanced analytics. Um, maybe we could gather around. Let's cancel January and round about like midnight on New Year's Eve. We'll just go around. We'll gather our, our, our devices when that ball's dropping in New York. We'll all open our devices and it will present to us the DVOA champ. And there we all celebrate that team's success. And then we have a lot of extra time to focus in on the third act of Die Hard and make the case why, oh, well, Hodge Gruber deserves better here because he has the advantage in terms of numbers and firepower. And he's got a lot. Maybe that's what we should be doing with ourselves. This is the world that the analytics people want you to live in. DVOA matters more than the result it's not fair that that one play if it goes the other way then that team wins yeah that's why it's electric stuff you're trying to turn it into a math equation i want it to remain the high drama the unmatched high drama of the greatest reality show in the history of people get out of the way you analytics people stop ruining our fun what do you think hench because you love your numbers one of the things I, I love about football if you look at the Montana, Brady, Mahomes sort of con continuation of dominance here, right? Like, so what do those guys have in common? Higher the stakes, lower the heart rate. Like, it's insane. I, and it's like, I don't get it. I don't know why. I don't know why some guys are Dak. And some guys are, are or maybe they're the same and other guys. And that, or maybe the other side of that coin is maybe they're not their their heartbeat isn't going down, but everybody else is accelerating and starting to choke and they just stay nice and consistent. It, it, it's just, and you watch it and you're, you know, you, you know, Mahomes against the Bills, like, it's just like, wow, he's, the, the Chiefs averaged eight and a half yards per, per play, per non-kneel down in that game. Like the plays they didn't kneel down, they averaged eight and a half. And he's just like, you know, he, he's just, he he makes MVS decent. Like it's like he he's so good. And so analytics can't can't measure that part where you're like that's Brady, it. Brady's down 10 to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. He there's no there's no way out of this against the Legion of Boom. I just looked at the analytics. This game's over. It's like Brady doesn't think it's over. Watch this. Right. I I I bet there are relevant numbers about. Tom Brady in the fourth quarter down a, a certain amount of points and all of that. But again, what it what it cannot really divine is the amount of pressure that that guy's feeling now. What, what you cannot recreate in a computer, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I what happens in October can be the same as late January, except for the pressure. The stakes are higher. How does the computer well, every, factor that in? Every weekend we're like watching these games and they go like, you know, the new thing is this, the announcer tells us that they should go for it. And it's a, it's a, a sort of sterile computer saying um, fourth and two on this yard line with this much time left with this score, you should go for it. The computer doesn't even know who's playing, by the way. The computer's just like, this is what you do. And it's like, right, except Brandon Staley has never made it. Like, so maybe you punt. Like, I, like it's like, you you do have to factor in personnel and like grace under pressure. 
And, you know, so it's like, it was so funny on that fourth down when the, when the Ravens went for it, I think they were a little inside their own territory and, you know, they, they, they go, uh, they fake the handoff and Lamar turns and he just has acres of space. And you're like, oh yeah, well, obviously with this guy, you should probably go for it on fourth and one at your own 11. Like, I don't know how you're going to stop him. Um, but it, it, you know, the computer, I, I, I mean, look, I was obviously a big advocate in baseball, like, cause first of all, you know, like on base percentage, more important than batting average. But the thing that where Bill James is right is like, you used to be able to like argue Mickey Mantle versus Willie Mays or, or Mike Trout versus Bryce Harper or whatever. Now anyone with a computer can just go, Oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Well, why 9.7 war to eight. I, you know what it is? You've we, we've, I, I brought it up before. The movie, The Menu. I can't think of the guy's name. He played Beast, Eddie Spaghetti in uh, one of the uh, early X-Men, like the remake first. Nicholas uh, Holt. Yes. Ooh, look at Eddie Spaghetti. Very impressive. Very good movie. It is a good movie. You're right about that. We don't have time for that, though, right now. He used to date also, what's her name? Uh, Foxy McGee, one of the biggest stars in the world. Who's the biggest? Audrey Hepburn. Not Audrey Hepburn. Now we have to stop and figure this out. What's her name? She was in Philadelphia in the Eagles movie with Bradley oh, Cooper. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yes. Um, yes, he also uh, won her heart at one point in her life. So again, another hero. But yes, his character in the menu is the analytics people. You know, you've taken away what Ray Fines. I'm Ray Fines. The the diehard longtime football fan who's now attacking everybody. Uh, you have ruined this for all of us with your your you, you've removed all the mystery about this because you know the truth. You know that there's bergamot in there. What you lack is a soul, though. What you'll fail to do is acknowledge that these people aren't robots. And as a result, they are not inoculated from human emotion. And when the stakes are raised, Pressure goes up, and that's the difference in these playoffs. And the ignorance of that is—I don't understand—is it to be right? Is it to be like I? The master is the DVOA, though. So that's it, that's it, what it I'm going this, off but of. But then is, here's the other thing I have to say, though. Here's here's the other thing about it. If those were the correct answer to everything about football, then why can't they provide us who's going to win every game? Shouldn't they be hitting it at, at an 80%, nay, 90%? No, no, they should be 100%. In fact, you know who they keep up with? Dumb Dave Damashek. That's about their hit rate, and picking football games is the same as mine. So the idea that it has all the answers is debunked by that uh, ridiculous hey, fact. Maybe Sorry, we should, uh, Maybe we should market and sell Brady Lemieux. Brady Lemieux as, a, as an app. Because that guy's a machine. Mm, he he never is very misses. good. Um, so it, it, this feels like part of the tyranny of tech writ large, right? It's like this is this is where we're at. It's all big data all the time, right? It's so everything everything can be crunched. Everything can be um, figured out uh, via the numbers, and and they're largely right. Obviously, you're you're a if you're arguing for your middle infielder with a 280 on base percentage, he's killing your team. Um, football, I do think it, it because it's so physical, 
because they're there. You see, you know, when you see a defensive line and a front seven, that's gassed and an offensive line that's getting stronger, like that's real. They, the computer can't measure how fired up those O linemen get when they just called another run and you're just, you know, you're punishing the defense. Um, so, so I do think, I find it as, as annoying as you do, and I'm glad they don't have a high hit rate, but I do think football will be sort of the last sanctuary uh, of hockey a little bit too, you know, hockey's. I don't know though, man. It's more and more. That's where the conversation is being steered. There is like, check, check, uh, you know, and they're all valid stats. They are, they're all a part of the conversation. Of course they are. But if they're not giving you the answer, then they then they can't be the truth. They can't be the whole truth. If they're not providing for you, the most important answer is who's going to win the game. They, the, the analytics don't tell you that any better than dumb Dave or Kevin Hench does week after week. Brady Lemieux, he's another matter altogether, though. I hear what you're saying on that one. Eddie Spaghetti. Goat and goat. I got, by the way, my good goats were, if I didn't make it clear, Jason Kelsey and GM for giving people off and everybody who understands that this is not yet a coronation. Maybe it will be in Charm City and maybe it will be in Santa Clara for the two home teams. But as it stands now, high impact ball game legacy is about to be determined. That's why we go to the movies. That's why we watch these sports if our teams aren't in it. This is great stuff. The the good goats are the people whose teams are still in it. Enjoy the moment while you can. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, for my good goat, um, it's actually a good dog. And uh, oh. rest rest in peace uh, slash shout out to uh, Uga X, a.k.a. Q, uh, the, the uh, number 10 bulldog from Georgia who passed away recently. By far, Shaq, you always talk about the mascots who battle each other. By far, the uh, the most successful mascot in recent history and, and easily the most successful bulldog in Georgia's history. Uh, mm. A record of 91 and 18, uh, two SEC titles, two national championships, uh, seven New York New Year's. Better record than football. analytics people, in other words. The, the dog is a way better yeah. record there. Um, so, uh, I mean, the dog only lived to uh, how old he's 10 years old, uh, had an eight year run with Georgia, uh, a wonderful career. It's going to be tough to follow up him with the with the 
the uh, dominance that he's had there, Q, down in Georgia. So the next Bulldog is going to have to have it, you know, looking up because this guy is, uh, they should hang a banner for him. So I had to give him a shout out um, for my good go, my bad go. I'm going to end with this one. I figured this one may kind of uh, be a longer conversation here. And we always talk about the referees and uh, the NFL had an interesting decision to make or rather made it interesting when they could have easily avoided it because the NFL never knows when to do the right thing. Um, but referee Sean Smith, uh, the worst referee, if you're a home team. Uh, so it seems like he's going to now be doing the chiefs versus uh, Ravens game, which like he'll he- heavily favor the chiefs here. And uh, Warren Sharp in, in compa- uh, conjunction with NFL ref stats on Twitter had a great thread about this. Um, and I'll just read off the stats as to why he's so devastating to the, uh, the home teams. And it gives a massive edge to the road teams, um, which have the number one highest win rate with him as referee. In the last three years, um, when he's doing, um, you know, these games, uh, home teams with other refs win 55% of the time. When Sean Smith is referees, home teams win rate drops to 40%. Um, Whoa. Uh, yeah. I didn't uh, know it was that severe. Home teams usually cover the spread 50.1% of the time. With Smith, a home uh, cover rate drops to 37%. Another reason why I did pick the Chiefs this week. Um, and again, this is not some coincidence. This is like all based on stats. Uh, the reason why he is harsh against the, the home teams is he calls more uh, more false start penalties um, on the, the home home team there. And then he's also way higher in the percentage wise of calling rough in the passer and unnecessary roughness. Uh, he calls this between 37 and 71% more in home teams, uh, than road teams, which again, like this numbers advantage, if you go straight by the numbers, it's just not going to be good for the Ravens. But now the problem is, and to continue why this is my bad goat, is like, again, the NFL did not have to do this. The NFL could have made a decision to uh, pick a different referee crew for this game. But now you have this guy and everyone saw this threat and everyone knows how bad the refs have been. So then what does he do now? Is he going to overcorrect and call call more stuff on the road team? Or is he going to you know not call anything when he's going to miss penalties he should have called? So to me, there's really no win in this scenario because if he stays as is, He's going to favor the Chiefs. If he overcorrects, then he's obviously going to favor the Ravens. And if he does nothing to stay out of the game, then there's going to be calls that are missed. So, again, the NFL puts itself in a spot where they can never actually fix their ongoing issue. But when you have a guy like this where these numbers are public and you see how bad he is and how much uh, how lopsided it is when he decides these games, all you had to do was just not have him be in a game uh, with, you know, the future MVP and one of the best quarterbacks of all time when everyone's going to be watching, obviously. And you're going to decide it because you have a ref who is not marginally different, like vastly different than all the other crews. So a terrible job of the NFL and terrible job by Sean Smith, who's been one of the worst referees. Well, you're uh, right, because one way or the other, however he calls it, you're you're right. If he if he does as he always has done or if he reverses one way or the other, he's the story, which is great news. That means Roger Goodell's been getting my my or been listening to the show here. I've been demanding a referee based reality show. Now we have it. We need to got, make these guys the stars of the game. This will do it. He will be the focal point of the AFC title game. How say you, Hench? A uh, couple things. One, when when the narrative is the league wants the Chiefs and Taylor Swift to keep advancing, well, that's the narrative. <laughs> That they, oh, the league loves it when this traveling entourage moves on to the next round, then obviously you have to avoid this decision. Now, I'm guessing the league and certainly Roger Goodell don't know nearly as much about football and the people who call the games as Warren Sharp, 
who's a cyborg. Like that thread you sent us, Spaghetti, like every click, I was like, these stats are unbelievable. And I feel like even Goodell, it, had, had that been brought to his attention, would have gone, uh, get the Hockley kid in here. You know, like you can't, It was. it's so crazy. But the other thing I would say about Sean Smith, and maybe this is why he should be the good goat. Okay, we all kind of know the reason there is a home field advantage in any sport is partly because the referees know where they are, right? That's that the crowd. I mean, you've seen it. We've seen it five times in the last month, right? Sure. Where, you know, the quarterback like does a half slide or a semi slide or something, or you see in basketball, like you see like the crowd goes berserk and then the flag comes in. Like, so this guy maybe uh, is maybe he's deaf. But maybe this is the one guy who can actually call him as he sees him, no matter where he is. And and if it, I mean, the one thing about those stats that was weird, it's like roughing the passer is is definitely one you can call or not call ninety percent of the time. That's one you can you can really change the game with that one. False starts. That stat was crazy because false starts. 90% of false starts are the guy missed the snap count. You know, there are false starts where you're like, oh, he was leaning and you could go either way. But most false starts are just like the guy went on two instead of three and everybody knows it's a false start. So those statistics for this guy were bonkers. Um, there's no way to account for it. He hates home teams, but I agree the most likely outcome vis-a-vis Sean Smith is a correction to the mean. Right. So good news, Ravens, in other words. Yeah. That would be my that would be my hunch that he does not want to leave this game with like he did it again. He did it for the Chiefs to put them in the Super Bowl. I think that adds up to bad news weirdly for Baltimore. Hmm. I'm trying Spaghetti. to think, uh it just popped in my head that the I, I believe that the two teams with the better quarterbacks in these games are the underdogs. And I was just trying to, I was wondering, we talked about it briefly on the 15 minute pregame show, but like how often the team with the better quarterback in a championship game has been the underdog. One line that, that surprised me, um, those Phil Sims, the Phil Sims giants, when Sims played were seven point favorites against Elway's Broncos. And I think that's that's a matchup where most people would say the Broncos had an advantage at quarterback, um, as opposed to the Broncos mm. getting their kicked by Montana, where the Niners had an edge at quarterback. But it it, it does seem weird, you know, Mahomes being an underdog and uh, Purdy being a favorite. You know that 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 usually that position totally dictates the line. Um, so I feel I, like I am fascinated by it. And sp specifically speaking my language that the curse is supposed to has fallen on the two guys. It has uh, not on the goat in KC and not on, uh, not on the first overall pick in Detroit, but the other two guys, it's it's wild to me that those are two guys are shouldering extra pressure against the foes that they're going up against a spaghetti. Is that it on your goats there? Yeah, good go, bad go. already said, uh, I'll go the 10th and um, Sean Right, Smith. right, right. All right, I'll throw in one more good goat. Um, I will throw in Pitt Panthers basketball. I'm right now because Steeler season is over. Did you see, by the way, I know we don't, we're trying to not talk about hockey right now, at least until the season's over, uh, football season's over. But 
Did you see the goal that the Penguins? Oh, I know Eddie Spaghetti did. I know Spaghetti. I, I saw it. I oh, I, thought, I bet you thought it was hysterical, didn't you? I didn't say a word to you because you my thought it was funny. Worst, that my Rangers lost to the worst team in hockey the other night, so I, I'm not. I did not talk about that. Did I didn't you bring see it up. this hench? The penguin. The Penguins have a delayed penalty in their favor. They're they're jerking around in their own end, and Chris Letang's carrying the puck, and as he skates by his own emptied goal, as they pull the goalie to bring on the extra uh, skater, while the delayed penalty plays out drops the puck. I was just like, get away from that goal, 58. And then he drops the puck to 71 Gino Malkin, who with one hand puts it. If you look at the replay, the puck would have gone past the goal line and, you know, harmlessly out of the way. But Gino then sticks his stick out with one hand and he tips it into the goal. It is the defining moment of uh, the Penguin season so far. But Pitt basketball pulled off a dandy one. Then they beat Georgia Tech. They're relevant for a couple more days. I say this because Mo Damashek and I, like I talk about who you watching the games with and who do they matter to and all that. Mo is into this pit basketball team. Come on, Federico, Federico and company. Let's make a run here. Let's get into this tournament. That's good times to follow the pit Panthers. Hey, get right into there. the tournament. I mean, the Penguins must be in first place with Eric Carlson. Norris That's a different Trophy subject. winner. Norris Trophy winner, Eric Carlson. They must be. They must be going to win the president's. Oh no, yeah, well, no, I know. I think the Bruins or the Rads might win the president's cup. Congratulations in advance to whoever gets out. Good luck. The Bruins. The Bruins are figuring it out. You don't. You know they. The good loss to the. We got to drop some games here, fellas. Let's yeah. lose somewhere. Yeah. The Bruins were dominating when they let in the winning goal last night. Somebody. Somebody knows. Um, but I can't wait for that for that pit game against the U. If they win that, now they're kind of like. Okay, maybe they will get right and get into the uh, the madness in time for March. Um, but I don't have a line on that one just yet to pick it. So I refer you back to the 15-minute show to get the picks that matter most this coming weekend in sport, gambling and otherwise, the two title games. Hench, do you have any best I just got one to on? add. Um, when, the, when the Celtics were in town here to play the Clippers, Kawhi didn't play. So it was like... It was, you know, the, the Celtics just went up by like 40. It was crazy. Uh, Saturday, back in Boston, Clippers are playing a back-to-back, -back, but if Kawhi plays in Boston, take the Clippers and the points in that game. Uh, they've, they have been on a roll, and, and Kawhi has been a man on a mission. I wish you could bet with the Bucks mess. I wish you could bet the Heat to get to the conference finals right now. I don't think that's an available bet, but watch the Heat are about to make their run, especially after their trade this week. Uh, I mean, the, the giveaway of Kyle Lowry, um, that's that team's going to be once again dangerous. It's weird. The Heat, like they, we always forget about them, and yet they seem to be a factor almost every postseason. It will be true again. Um, Spaghetti, any best bets beyond the uh, pro football playoffs? I do. I have a couple of futures. Um, the one I gave out the other day on Trendy, so give it a listen to me and Toby. Uh, a lot of uh, hockey bets from me. Toby's doing a great job with some uh, NBA and college troops bets. But um, I, I was, killed my hockey bets on Trendy last week or two weeks ago. Sorry, uh, go ahead. I have to I, praise myself. Toby was asking any futures I liked, like right before we hit, you know, the uh, the all-star break uh, upcoming for the NHL uh, season. And I said, I think the Eastern Conference to win the cup at minus 110. I just think the better teams are in the East. Uh, obviously, Hench's Bruins, the Panthers quietly having another good season. My Rangers are in a bit of flux, but still, you know, uh, one of those teams in the league that are above the 60 uh, point A blind mark. go against you on that one, because, you know, I like the Avs. I think the Stars are... 
uh, are gonna and and here come the Oilers. They're obviously not gonna make it because the Oilers never do. But man, what a heater that team's been on. I'll I'll, I'll go against you on that one for fun. Um, I still think the the Canes will be in the mix. Uh, the Lightning are still kind of hanging around, and if the Devils get healthy, um, you know when Jack Hughes comes back, I I just think the better the you know the the better teams are here. I didn't even mention the Maple Leafs because I don't think the a Canadian team will win the Cup, but I I just think the the higher tier teams are all in the East. I, I, the West, I don't trust Winnipeg. I don't trust, um, you know, Vegas doesn't even trust Vancouver. They think the Vancouver going to drop off and Jack Eichel's hurt from the Knights. The Oilers, you know, you got to do it for me once before I buy into it because they're just a disappointment every single year. So that's one that I like too. another one in college. You didn't football, mention the Penguins. Uh, I did not mention the Penguins. I, I apologize. Um, in college football, I wish I gave this out a couple of weeks ago because I still thought about this uh, then when the odds were closer to it. might have been plus 800 or plus 900, but now it's plus 750. The Texas Longhorns from the national title next year, just look at the, the, the final four teams we had this year. They are the only team, you know, keeping obviously Steve Sarkeesian, the only team remaining from those four with their head coach. Um, uh, Saban retires. Jim mm. Harbaugh just took the job in LA. And then obviously Kalen DeBoer left Washington to take the job. By the way, Alabama. isn't Alabama going to be bad next year with all the, the so they'll be bad, but they'll be struggling. Not bad. Yeah. You know, by their measure, I'm saying like sure. they're going to be they're going to have Georgia's, two, three, four losses. Georgia is the team to beat in the SEC next year with Carson Beck returning. Um, and I think the only other team that people will bring up that ha- they might have a good season is Ohio State. And they they did bring in Will Howard from K-State. But if you're you're comparing quarterbacks between those those other teams, Texas with Quinn Ewers, to me, is the far superior quarterback to those. And he's returning. So I think having the quarterback, having the coaching consistency, they just brought over Isaiah Bond from Alabama, who was one of their top receivers uh, in the transfer portal. They're getting guys like they are loaded. I still think they have enough talent there. And in just terms of stability and having the quarterback that I trust in most, I think Texas has a real shot um, to win it next year in a very strange year of flux in college football with all these uh, conference realignments and, and coach movements. So I, I think Texas, are, they'll be right back in the, the final four, but I know it will be expanded next year. Hench, do yeah, we have the playoff this year, right? This, I mean, the next time we watch college football, it ends with the twelve-team tourney, right? Yeah, I, 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 I uh, forgot whether or not that's we, even which will be which right will will take care of some of the I'm not playing, right? That, that, that guys will play if they have a chance to win a national championship. Presumably, mm-hmm. we won't we won't have the some of the debacles we had this this. Uh, I don't know why you're going to press on though if you're not one of if the bowl game, your bowl game is not a part of that tournament, like what I, I can't imagine what yeah. value it has to go on. But anyway, uh, good times. And listen, I really I, I think this football season has been positively gay, at least as far as it has been talked about here on minus three. We appreciate you sticking with us through the season, watching the 15 minute show on YouTube and or on Twitter. Spread the good word there. Spread the good word about the great shows on minus three all this week. And in fact, on the extra points network at large, I do think you want to check out Gunnels and Weiss chopping it up on lemon pepper parlay. They are, that's a chief's cast. Thanks to Mark Gunnels there. Listen to trendy with Mergler and spaghetti waiver wired with spaghetti and Piacenti, uh, Mergler, um, and Karamos chopping it up on, uh, uh, covered in glory. What else spaghetti? I get them all. I think that's everything. And then we'll have the best Ooh. of as always on uh, Friday. That's just the best clips from all the shows. Oh, I didn't mention extra points, extra and, uh, points extra with points, Sarah yes. Tiana and the Dutch Mook Paul co-host and, uh, and Dave Damashek, who Kevin Hench in about six months from now, will kick out of the fantasy league. Spoiler. Ooh, definitely a early line favorite for that. 
Just imagine how good this cheeseburger I'm going to have this weekend is going to taste. Weirdo. Go drink your lemon. Fruit of the year. Congratulations. Ooh, Sonic Award given out at the end of the 15-minute show. Be on the lookout for that one, too. And with all that being said, enjoy the title games. We'll talk to you on the other side of those to try and make sense of the world of sports as it stands on the start of next week. Until then, for Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, everybody at the Extra Points Network, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.